Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. We have a few things to go over today. It's beautiful Saturday afternoon in Northern California. So let's go ahead and get into it with the world on the street. And uh, it looks as though the Senate has finally passed their infrastructure bill. And they finally passed their budget resolution as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, for a little bit. So uh, earlier this week, the Senate voted 69 to 30 for a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. This includes a $73 billion uh, fund for electric, electrical grids, also electrical power. You have $66 billion being left aside for passenger and freight way, railways. So uh, Union Pacific, I'm, I'm guessing, at least on this side of the states, you also got Amtrak for you know passenger trains and all that. Uh, Sixty-five billion dollars for broadband internet expansion. You also got fifty-five billion dollars in there for water systems. Uh, we talked about on um, my last my last YouTube installment, uh, my worst Republican states. How in one state in particular, Mississippi, uh, a lot of their water they were losing a lot of their water supply due to you know poor or older pipe and water systems. So that's looking to address that. Uh, we have $50 billion being uh, set aside for conserving water uh, for the West Coast. Of course, you know, dealing with the droughts right now. Of course, we have wildfire season going on. It has been intensifying over the past few years. So they've looked, decided to look at that. We also gonna be, they're also gonna be adding $39 million for tr public transportation. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, more about public transportation in just a second. Uh, they're setting, a uh, setting aside $25 billion more for airports throughout the country, $17 billion for ports and waterways, particularly in the inland areas as well. Uh, we have $15 billion for electrical vehicles and about a billion more for road repairs. Uh, Congress, like I said, has is, is also passed their $3.5 billion, uh, $3 trillion uh, budget resolution. Now, uh, a little bit more uh, about America's infrastructure. Now, these are some facts according to infrastructurereportcard.org. I also use this for uh, my uh, my worst Republican states, at least some of my information there as well. But um, one of, again, uh, the infrastructure in America is graded at a C minus. And uh, one of the biggest issues here are the roads. 40% of roads in our country are rated as mediocre or poor in poor condition. Motorists can face costs of in excess of $1,000 per year just to kind of operate their vehicle, just to operate their vehicle. $36,000, sorry, 36,000 uh, traffic deaths occur here annually as well. Due to underfunding, there is a backlog of seven $786 billion for bridge and road repair. Uh, you would also you would need about four hundred twenty five dollars to to go to the roads really, and about one hundred twenty five billion dollars going for the bridges. So far, at least in twenty seventeen, state and federal governments only paid about one hundred seventy seven billion dollars. So, again, not enough to cover the, all the issues that are going on. Uh, schools also rated pretty poorly at a D plus. Now, despite upgrades, oh sorry, despite 
um, needed upgrades, uh, inclu including, you know, mostly for the buildings, including, you know, heating and ventilation, also space and remodeling. State funding has gone down at least 31% since 2017. Now, and also 16% of school districts have uh, not assessed their facilities within the past decade. So you're not getting any state funding. Uh, you're not really, well, school districts are not keeping tabs on what's going on in their facilities, their schools, upkeep, maintenance, so on and so forth. Again, those upgrades. Uh, four out of 10 public schools don't have a long-term contingency plan for uh, monitoring repairs and upgrades, etc. So they don't have a, pl have a plan on how to go about it, let alone probably the budget as well. States only provide 30% of funding to public schools, leading uh, mostly to schools well, basically using public funds or local funds. And that uh, is pretty much run up through property taxes. So again, people don't like property or more taxes. Well, hopefully they'll put in some uh, spending for these schools, which actually has been talked about in this uh, spending package. Uh, finally, uh, in terms of infrastructure, uh, transit here is rated at a D minus. 45% of Americans have no access to public transit. That is that is uh, deplorable in my opinion because not everybody can afford a car. So you can't afford a car, you can't afford to get around, you can't, you know, you don't even have access to affordable transit. That's ridiculous. 19% of transit vehicles in this country and 6% of uh, guide guideway elements, meaning tracks to go along with the transit tunnels, uh, they are rated in poor conditions. So there's a lot of work. Uh, of course, there's a lot more problems that we have and just in terms of our infrastructure i just named uh, at least a couple of them uh but again there's some problems that we have in terms of our infrastructure hopefully we are going to be putting the right foot forward to addressing that like i said earlier in the week the senate also approved a budget plan senate uh they passed a 3.5 trillion dollar budget uh, the plan intends to provide financing for medicaid medicare expansion education and environmental measures. Uh, it will be funded by higher taxes on the wealthy and corporations, which I'm all for. I'm not a fan of the corporations, and I'm, it's not about hating rich people, but they all need to pay their fair share. So uh, it's passed really with a slim margin, 50 to 49. Of course, there's a lot of uh, conservative and moderate Democrats that are just like, eh, I don't know, uh, raising taxes on the corporations. We don't like that. We're basically Republicans in disguise, I know. Uh, anyways, 47 amendments, uh, well, at least non-binding amendments were added to the bill, including one made by Tommy Timberville, a Republican from Alabama, that blocks funding for jurisdictions that defund the police. I'm pretty sure that's one of them that they might keep just because they're trying to keep it as bipartisan as possible. Democrats are pushing for universal pre-kindergarten uh, pre, pre for three to four years olds. Uh, also, free community college for the next for at least two years and providing green cards and lowering the cost of pre uh, prescription drugs. Uh, Republican argues, Republican argues, uh, Republicans, excuse me, Republicans argue, of course, that these measures would raise taxes and worsen inflation. Uh, not a few tax or corporations the corporations just don't want to pay. That's just a simple thing here. Uh, the wealthy classes just don't want to pay taxes. That's an excuse about inflation. Um, those are those are just, uh, I think those are just like buzzwords that the Republicans use to kind of scare their voting base up to not, you know, to disagree with those type of things. But taxing, you know, again, having the wealthy or, you know, taxing the corporations a little bit more, 
uh, would not do any damage to the society or inflation. I, again, it's not like they're saying they're going to print more money. They just say they're going to tax certain groups of people. I mean, again, inflation means you're just printing out more money regardless of what the value is and you know therefore it affects the value uh, nothing was said nothing was said about increasing more you know circ or putting more money into circulation here more so just taxing certain groups so i don't agree with that watch out for those republican buzzwords they're just trying to really pretty pretty much to scare the uneducated um here we're just looking at a budget plan here like i said 3.5 trillion how do they plan to get it? They plan on taxing more of the wealthy and the corporations. So Mr. Bezos and them need to pay up some more money. That's nothing really wrong with that. So I'm all for it. Uh, we need better schools. We should be providing community college, particularly free college in general. Uh, two years, four years, it really doesn't matter because we pay for these with our taxes anyways. A lot of these things that they're talking about providing, we've already, we're already you know, funding through our tax dollars anyway. So, uh, again, community college should already be free. Uh, prescription drugs and all that health care should be free. Again, if you want to go pay for health care, you can do that on your own. But again, for whoever doesn't can't afford it, there should be a stopgap at least for those for those people. So, um, not so much on the war industry today. Like I said, uh, just the two budget plans or the budget plan, and of course. Uh, we have the infrastructure bill being, you know, taking place. So, um, you know, not a whole lot going on there. But moving on, um, recently, well, not so recently. This has been going on for a while now, of course. Uh, R. Kelly, you know, he's still a fixture in our in our news cycle for what it's worth. He's still a fixture within our community for what it's worth, good or bad. Uh, recently, there was allegations. Of course, we already know about his allegations of improper conduct with young women, and of course, the drama that comes with that that came with that. Of course, the videotapes. Of course, all these different you know alleged rumors. Well, actually, not even rumors at this point. We know what the deal is with him. Uh, now, uh, recently, uh, he's been accused of doing something to some little boys in a, in a McDonald's. When will it end? what's real what's not real um in terms of these new newer allegations i'm not gonna jump on that uh but i'm more gonna you know again if you listen to this uh if you listen to this podcast you you know how i feel about uh the, your boy and, and pedophilia i don't rock with it uh there's no excuse that you can tell me to you know that would cover him uh he knew exactly what he was doing he's been doing this for years uh, have parents given him their children and attempts to appease him or you know was there some type of money involved sure uh, should the parents be involved and be arrested too after a after a thorough investigation sure uh, but that does not absolve R. Kelly from his crimes and he's a nasty individual and he's uh, dangerous to black young black women and if the whole point was to protect black women then we need to be holding people that assault them and mistreat them accountable uh, including doesn't matter how rich they are doesn't matter how type of well, what type of music that they make doesn't fuck his music to be honest with you he's raping well he was raping let's, let's be real here he it, it was because it was a Sure, it wasn't okay. It might not in every case. It might not have been against the young woman's will, but it's um, oh, it's underage. So it, it it's it's still considered a it's still considered a rape. So let's be honest here. He's a child rapist, and um, it's not it's not something that's becoming of us to defend this. Now, what's funny is that you know, 
I don't know if this was now over the past, you know, he's gone through many different phases in his career. And uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of us remember the, the point in time where he called himself the Pied Piper. Now, when I was younger and I, I remember back, take myself back to the time, you know, I remember not necessarily, you know, tripping about it, of course, up until I found out about what he was doing with kids, because mind you, my thing is, my thing has always been, even back in the day when I first heard about him originally, it bothered me. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see, I, I'm not having sex with little kids and I don't condone that shit. So I don't care about his situation like that. Um, again, there's really no excuse, but again, he came out at some point in time and started calling himself the Pied Piper. Me not putting two and two together because I'm not, you know, all, you know, into the knowing certain things. I kind of just let it slide, particularly before I found out about, you know, certain, you know, his misdoings. Now, after a while, his misdoings would come out and, you know, starting even early in the 2000s, in the early 2000s, of course, with the videotape. And uh, this is also the time that he was playing at the Pied Piper persona. Now, you know, for him, you know, for many people, they went along with it because, of course, it's music and they figure they can you know, let go and let loose and have a good time and listen to R. Kelly and he's so much of a great artist. And in reality, he's average compared to somebody like Prince and, you know, let's keep it real here. Other artists out there that are way better than him. I'm just saying he's an average singer. He's he makes some decent beats, but uh and he has some decent songs from time to time. But if you look on it and you really think about it, I, I I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to look past the child rapist part can't do it can't do it and don't bring up elvis and jerry Lee lewis fuck them too but he's black and he's messing with black girls so definitely fuck him but anyways back to this pie piper persona right so he you know calls himself the pie piper and it's funny because there was this uh, article in gq this interview that he uh, had in, in gq in uh february 2016 uh he had an interview with chris heath and uh, he basically went into why he called himself that. So this is a, a quote uh, coming from him directly. I started calling myself the Pied Piper when I started using the flute sound in my music in certain songs. And I, it, you know, he went, went on to uh, give out certain examples like Fiesta, Snake. I was the Pied Piper, you know, blew a flute. I started calling myself the Pied Piper because of the flute. Now, what's funny is maybe it's a, maybe it's irony particularly because he's going to, particularly in this, you know, uh, interview here, he claims he doesn't even know the story of the Pied Piper. He didn't even realize all this other stuff going on. He just really, he just, the only thing he knew about the Pied Piper was that he played the flute. Now, now for those of you who may not have fully read the story or forgotten have what the story has been about or what the story is about, the Pied Piper, Pipe, the Pied Piper, excuse me, is a medieval German I guess you could call it like a, a grim, like a grim's tale or something like that. You know, like one of those fairy tales, like one of those folklore stories. And it takes place, uh, of course, well, the poem itself comes comes out in the 1800s, written by this, I believe it was a British guy, right? But it depicts medieval Germany, right? It's, it's this town, this prosperous, prosperous town doing really well right before the time of the plague. And uh, they get infested by some rats. And long story short, nothing that they do can free their city from the rats until the mayor of the city and his council decide that we'll give away 1,000 pieces of gold to whoever 
freezer so these snakes I mean though these rats right so the Pied Piper comes out with his flute right plays his little flute gets all the rats to see it up out of the town they drown themselves in the river so he goes back to the king and says hey man give me my thousand gold pieces you know what I'm saying I got rid of these these rats your city is rat free they not fucking with y'all no more and then the king goes well yeah but you know the rats pretty much just drowned themselves. You had nothing to do with it, even though the tune that he played pretty much led them out of town. But the king is saying, oh, well, you know, the rats drowned themselves in the water. So we ain't going to pay you but 40 pieces of gold. So Pied Piper says, all right, I got you. Comes back next day. Everybody, the adults in the town, they all in the church doing some type of feast. Why the kids aren't there? I don't know. This is just the way the story goes. Anyways, Pied Piper shows up. He starts playing his flute. And more or less, he abducts all the children and takes them into the mountains. To the, and you can never see him again. Now, that part, R. Kelly just seems to not even know about what he did that he abducted kids. He just knew him for the flute. And I imagine, I guess, a lot of people just know that part. Oh, he just played the flute. He just played the flute. Well, he abducted kids as well. And... I don't know, maybe it's irony, sheer dumb irony, because he just ain't educated enough to know that. Or, again, <laughs> maybe he is a predator and he knows this. Because, again, that's what that's the main part of the story is he takes the kids away because the city didn't pay him. So he's a child predator. Just like Mr. Kelly saying. And we can sit there and say, well, the parents paid him and the money ran out and, they, and that's... That's despicable. And those parents should be locked up. But he's still a pedophile. And he doesn't deserve my respect or my support. Okay? Just like, and I know it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings as well. I'm just going to out here and just say it. Michael Jackson. I saw, you can sit there and say what you want. I saw him in interviews say he gets in the bed with little boys. That ain't his. I don't like that shit. You can sit there and tell me about all his great music, about his great songs. You, He's weird, dude. That ain't right, bro. You got, you need help. You don't get in the bed with little kids that aren't yours. And with R. Kelly, you don't piss on little kids. And see, the thing is, I know people want to say, well, she was smart enough to know this and all that. Well, the thing about it is the 15-year-old ain't even supposed to be in that situation. That's why laws are made in that way. So they won't even be put in that situation. Because a 15-year-old probably ain't going to make the wisest decision. That's why. That's why he ain't supposed to be up in there. So the fact of the matter is he broke the law. And he put a lot of black women in danger and took advantage of them. For some reason, people seem to be cool with that. Y'all tell me why. Is it because he's rich? Is it because he's famous? Is it because of his music? Y'all tell me. But me personally, I wouldn't care if I was black, white, whatever. He's a pedophile. I don't fuck with pedophiles. Same thing with Elvis. I know people, well, Elvis did, well, fuck him too. Just like uh, Public Enemy said, Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. He never meant shit to me. I don't even slap his music like that, so it don't even, first of all, I don't even fuck with cuz. Same thing with Jerry Lee. I don't listen to Jerry Lee Lewis. I just know about Great Balls of Fire. I never even listened to the full song. But I know about R. Kelly. R. Kelly in our community. That's the problem. That's the difference. You're so quick to say, well, well what about well, what about Harvey Weinstein? They talk they got they got 
you know, documentaries about him right now. Let it go. It's okay to be critical about the people in your community who fuck up. It's okay to be critical of yourself when you fuck up. Who else is going to do it? Shit. Fuck the fuck child molesters. Don't matter what color. Black, white, Asian, Mexican. I don't care. I don't care if he's a rich black man. He should be in jail. And maybe the parents should be right along with him. Sure, perfect. But he, that don't misuse what he did. He should know better. But the fact of the matter is we support it. We went right along with it. We stepped in the name of love to it. I ain't fucking with it. The man called himself a Pied Piper. He did that shit for a reason. I ain't stupid. He can play stupid all he want to. Pied Piper, he abducted kids. That's probably some what of what, what he did in some cases. I'm just gonna tell you. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the parents, maybe the parents were paying him to take care of him and look after the kids, and maybe they didn't have no money and he took the kids after that. That's a Pied Piper move. I'm just taking it. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't fuck with pedophiles. And it don't and, and being rich won't save you. Being a rich black man does not give me the chance to respect you if you a, a child molester. Can't do it. Don't care how good your music is. Sorry, Michael. You don't have to live with... Nah, dude, that ain't right, what you did to them kids. Now, you probably didn't do all them sexual things that they trying to tell, you, tell us that you did, but it was weird enough for you to be up in the bed with them, and that's weird enough. Leave kids alone. I don't, I don't do that. I don't mess with kids, and I don't support people who mess with kids, and that's how I'm going to leave it. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be breaking down some sports. Uh, we're going to start off with some NFL news. We're going to break down some preseason scores. We are under some we we are underway with some Saturday pre- preseason action uh, as we speak. But we will go over Thursday and last night's action. Uh, we do have some news coming out of New Orleans with Michael Thomas, their star receiver. He seems to be on the upset side. Uh, we're also going to be talking some MLB news as well. And then uh, finally, we'll have some some M- just one little brief little tidbit of the NBA to talk about as well. So I'm going to take a quick break, y'all, and I'll be right back. Got a big weed stash, pocket full of cash, just seen a big old ass. some NFL news real quick and like I said uh, in New Orleans it looks like there's some drama between the Saints and their star wide receiver Michael Thomas this may lead this may lead to him being traded at some point during the season now he spent a lot of last season injured um, and he's actually recovering from a, a deltoid a torn deltoid surgery uh, he's been going for about four months altogether he's also suspended suspended by the team at some point and that would lead to him pretty much ignoring uh, the Saints organization throughout the offseason. So there's obviously some uh, some tension here. 
Now, over his career, he's had 510 receptions for 5,950 yards and also 32 touchdowns. His last season in 2019, he had 149 catches for 1,725 yards. He was also bringing nine touchdowns. Now, some possible destinations for him, destinations include uh, Philadelphia. He could also end up in New York with the Jets, also the Chiefs, the Patriots, and even the Raiders are teams that are listed as possible destinations. Um, how close or how serious is this? Um, I've actually been hearing about this situation brewing since last season. Um, so there is some legs to this. I don't know when they'll be able to really pull off a trade, uh, but I would imagine it would have to be when he's at least able to show everybody that he's healthy, including the Saints. Uh, at that point, does you know the, the things work themselves out, or can he you know mend that bridge? I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly what set this all off. Um, maybe I mean I think part of it was uh, maybe some difficult. I started with some difficulties with Drew Brees, just him being uh, healthy and him being able, you know being there for the team. Because I think the other two quarterbacks on the roster, let's just be honest, there I don't think they're up to that caliber just yet. So I can see you know. Michael Thomas relying so much on the quarterback position being a receiver would be in a, be in a bind about a situation, um, you know, because, again, you know, he wants to do as best as he can as well. There's some personal, I guess, some personal goals he has in mind. Uh, so, again, I do think that there's some, you know, some weight to this story. Again, there's been, you know, some talk circulating this situation at least since last season about him being unhappy although there's no like not like with Aaron Rodgers where you can at least say uh there was some you know well for one with Aaron Rodgers he wants to be more part of you know the personal decisions he didn't like some of the players that were let go he didn't like how some of the all-stars were treated before they you know left I'm sorry left Green Bay you can't really say that with Michael Thomas he hasn't really disclosed what's his look what's his issue is so I don't really know what his end game could be he could he could very well not want to be traded he just could just want to be in a better situation and know that the team is serious about winning uh i don't know exactly per se he hasn't said that he wants to trade but he has voiced his frustrations in there like i said he had not been talking to the team for a good amount of time so uh we'll keep an eye on this one i don't know exactly what happens uh but it looks as though he might not he might not be a saint that much longer. I mean, at least until some point in the season, uh, if he starts to get healthy and again he starts to demand it some more, we'll see what happens. But let's move on to some uh, some preseason scores. Like I said, uh, we have some scores from Thursday, and the Patriots get it done against the Washington Football Team, twenty-two to thirteen. Uh, in that game for Washington, offensively they were led uh, by quarterback Stephen Montez, seventeen to twenty-four from him. For 108 yards, decent game. Uh, he would have a touchdown, but he would throw a pick. Jared Patterson would be the team's leading rusher. He would have 40, 40 rushing yards. He'd also be the team's uh, leading receiver with 30 receiving yards. Uh, Peyton Barber would have a rushing touchdown. And Lamar Lamar Miller would have a receiving touchdown. In terms of defense, uh, the the Washington football team was led by Justin Phillips with four tackles and safety Derek Forrest with three tackles. I wanted to say Redskins so bad, but I can't no more because that's not what they called. I don't know what they're going to be called, but for now, they're just a generic football team. For the Patriots on offense, they were led by quarterback Mac Jones, three of 19, 13 of 19 for 87 yards. Cam Newton got a little bit of action, too. He didn't, he didn't do that well. Ramondre Stevenson uh, pretty much trying to show out and ball out. 
trying to solidify his spot on this team. 127 yards, two touchdowns. I think he did a, he did a good job of doing that. And the leading receiver for the Patriots on Thursday was Christian Wilkerson. He would have six catches for 39 yards. On defense, the Patriots were led by linebacker Harvey Lange. He would have nine total tackles. Defensive end Ronnie Perkins, he would have five total tackles. And defensive back uh, defensive back Jawan, uh, Jawan Williams would have an interception. And uh, we also got the Steelers getting the best of the Eagles Thursday. On offense, the Steelers were led by Dwayne Haskins, a much better game in Week 2. 16-22 uh, from him under center. He would also have 161 passing yards along with a touchdown. The leading rusher for the Steelers on Thursday was T Tony Brooks-James from Oregon. Uh, I think this is his debut year as well, if not his second year in the league. 51 rushing yards from, from him. Uh, Jalen Samuels and also Anthony McFarlane Jr. would also run for rushing, would also have rushing touchdowns. The leading receiver for the Steelers would be Rico Busey Jr., who had four catches and 45 yards. Wide receiver Anthony Johnson would have a receiving touchdown as well. On defense, Pittsburgh was led by defensive back Arthur. Sorry, I almost said Anthony, but Arthur Marlette. He would have four total tackles. Linebacker Jamil Jones would have a sack, and defensive back Justin Lane would have an interception. Uh, for the Eagles, offensively, they were led by Joe Flacco. 10 to 17 from him, 178 yards, and a touchdown. I don't think he's going to be the starter, though, but decent numbers. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 3-for-7 uh, for 54 yards. And Nick Mullins, I know he ain't going to be the starter. 1-for-5 for 4 yards for him, also two interceptions. On the ground, they were led by Jason Huntley, who would have just four, uh, sorry, 15 yards on the ground. Uh, Kez Watkins would have a 79-yard rushing, uh, sorry, 79-yard receiving touchdown. And in terms of special teams, Jake Elliott uh, went 3-for-3 three three in terms of field goals. He also added an extra point as well. Uh, on defense, the Eagles were led by safety, sorry, safety Marcus Epps and safety Blake Countess. They both would have seven tackles each. And defensive back Elijah Riley would get an interception. On Friday, we had uh, the Titans taking care of, taking care of business against the Falcons. Twenty three to twenty three to three was the final score for the Titans on offense. They were led by quarterback Logan Woodside. He would go ten of fifteen for eighty four yards and a touchdown. Makai Sargent would be the team's leading rusher with fifty eight rushing yards. Wide receiver Malik Kinsey would be the team's leading receiver with four catches and forty one yards. A tight end Moreland, sorry, tight end. I don't know where I got that word from. Tight end Miller, Forrestal, and wide receiver Cameron Baston both had receiver touchdowns. On defense, the Titans were led by linebacker Justin Justin March Lillard. I don't know if there's any relation to Damian Lillard, but anyways, uh, he had six total tackles. Uh, linebacker Wyatt Ray would have seven total tackles and one and a half sacks. I don't know how they count half a sacks, but that's just what the stat line says. And defensive back Rashad Reaver would have a sack and a half. Linebacker uh, linebacker David Long would also have an interception as well. For the Falcons on offense, uh, AJ Karen AJ McCarron uh, got the start. He would he would go five or seven sorry five or twelve for an interception. Quarterback Felipe Franks would go two or nine uh, and seventeen yards through the air. But he would be the team's leading rusher with seventy six rushing yards. There you go. Uh, tight end John Rainey would have just two catches for fifteen yards. And on defense, the Falcons were led by linebacker Dorian Etheridge. He would have 13 total tackles and safety Dwayne Johnson Jr. As far as I know, no relation to the Dwayne Johnson. Four total tackles from the safety out of, I believe, it's San Diego State. Uh, moving on, we got the Bills getting it done against the Lions. 
Uh, we have a final score of 16 to 13. For the Bills offensively, they were led by quarterback Davis Webb, who would go 11 to 17 for 90 yards and a touchdown. Running back Devin Singletary would have a will have 42 yards on the ground, 42 yards on the ground and a receiving touchdown. And, a, and the leading receiver for the Bills would be Marquez Stevenson with three catches and 50 yards. On defense, the Bills were led by linebacker Andre Smith, who would have eight total tackles. Defensive back Cameron Lewis, who would have six total tackles. And altogether, the Bills were forced four total sacks. On offense, the Lions were led by quarterback Tim Boyle, who would go 8-15. Jared Goff would get some action going 7-9 for 56 yards. And David Blau would get some action under center as well, going 5-6 for 70 yards. Running back Craig Reynolds would have 49 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Wide receiver Tom Kennedy would be the team's leader receiver with four catches and 46 yards. And defensively, Detroit was led by defensive tackle Kevin Strong Jr. Uh, he would have six total tackles. And defensive tackle Bruce Hatcher, sorry, Bruce Hector, who would have four total tackles and a sack. Uh, finally, we got the Cowboys taking an L here to the Cardinals. 16 to 19 was the final score here. For the Cowboys on offense, they were led by Garrett Gilbert. He would go 7 to 16 under center. He'd also have 80 yards. Uh, ben DiNucci would get some action as well, going 6-14. He would throw an interception. The leading rusher for the Cowboys was Jaquan Hardy. He would have 32 yards on the ground. Cedric Wilson would be the team's leading receiver with two catches and 40 yards. On defense, they were led by linebacker Jabril Cox. He would have seven total tackles. Uh, and defensive end Dorrance uh, Armstrong Jr. would have five total tackles and two sacks. For the Cardinals, uh, quarterback Chris Streveler will lead the way. 12 of 24 for him, 107 yards. He would have 55 yards on the ground. Eno Benjamin will be the team's leading, uh, will be the team's uh, second leading rusher with 50 uh, yards yesterday and a touchdown. Uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk would have 34 receiving yards, and uh, Matt Prater, uh, their kicker, will go four or four in terms of his field goals. On defense, Arizona was led by defensive back Jace Whitaker. He would have six total tackles, and safety Ezekiel Turner. He would have four total tackles. All right, y'all. Moving on to the NBA, like I said, we have a little bit of news here, but it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody, uh, but it looks as though Luka Doncic is going to be staying with the Dallas Mavericks for a while. The star shooting guard has signed a five-year rookie extension worth $207 million. This is the first of its kind. Doncic, Doncic excuse me, was a rookie of the, of the year in 2019. He's also a two-time first-team All-NBA member. He also led his home country, Slovenia, to a fourth-place finish in the Olympics. Now, as far as last season is concerned in the NBA, he averaged 25.7 points per game, also over eight rebounds, and also over seven assists. However, he would step his game up in the playoffs, scoring over 33.5 points, over eight rebounds, and also over nine assists. Dallas is now trying to navigate themselves past the first round after being bounced back-to-back -back years by the by the Los Angeles Clippers. Now Doncic has stepped up in those moments. Uh, he had a 40-point game and a 17 with along with 17 assists in the Mavericks game seven loss to the Clippers this postseason. Uh, but I guess the question is now with Lukic, uh, well sorry with Lukic, with with Doncic tied up at least for the next five years, uh, who else are they going to get behind him? Uh, of course, the Kristaps Porzingis did. You know, situation did not work out, so it looks like Dallas is going to need a number two, possibly a number three, uh, maybe even a bench to go beside him. So the next few months are going to be important. The next season or two are going to be important in establishing uh, what becomes of Lucas' tenure. 
Um, again, um, he's going to have to get past the first round if he wants to get, you know, the continued praise that he's been getting so far. I don't think there's anything you take away from his game offensively. Um, he scores well. He has the range. Of course, he has the moves to get it done. Uh, the question is, I think, and I, th I mean, if you look at his assist totals, especially in the playoffs, almost averaging 10, 10, 10 assists in the playoffs, uh, he can definitely step his game up. The question is, who is around him to take that team to the next level? So I'm wishing all him the best of luck. You know, I have nothing against the Dallas Mavericks. I kind of root for them. They're not my favorite team, but again, I wish him the best because uh, they're putting so much focus on him right now. So, yeah, that's going to be the question. What are they going to do? Uh, who's going to be helping them out there? I, I don't know what to tell you. I really, <laughs> I wouldn't know what to tell you. But let's move on to the MLB. Uh, we're going to wrap everything up for today. A little bit of news here. Uh, not so much. Not so much. Just like with the NBA, just the re-signing. Uh, it looks like the, it looks as though the, uh, the San Francisco Giants will be holding on to one of their keys, uh, one of their key cogs uh, so far in the past the past decade or so. Shortstop Brandon Crawford will be signing. Will be re-signing. Uh, he agreed to a uh, a two-year extension worth 32 million bucks with the Giants. Like I said, uh, Crawford is a three-time All-Star. He also helped lead the team to two World Series win in 2012 and 2014. Uh, he has been their starter, their his every their everyday starter in SF for the past ten seasons. Uh, so far this year, he's been hitting at a 296 average. He has a 364 on base percentage, and he has a 540 uh, slugging percentage, along with 19 home runs. He had his averages had gone down in in subsequent seasons, uh, but it looks as though he's gotten it together, and the Giants are looking to you know make do on that. You know. Um, He's definitely a hometown product. Uh, he went to UCLA. He is a Bay Area native, so the Giants are just doing what they can. I think it's a good move, you know. Um, he's they're showing this guy thanks. Here's a here's a couple more years. Here's some decent pay, some good pay. Uh, here's a thank you for what you've done with us so far. So I like it. I like it. it's a good move by the Giants. He's a good player. Uh, he's been one of the top ten shortstops uh, over his tenure, uh, over over his playing career. So let's move on to some scores uh, from yesterday. Uh, first things first, in the AL, we have the, the Rays, excuse me, getting it done against the Twins, 10-4. Uh, moving on, we have the Cardinals getting it done against the Royals, 6-0. to zip. On the season, uh, we have the Cardinals here. They are 59-66, and 66, and the Royals are, let's see, the Royals are 49-65. and 60, 49 and 65. And in that game, uh, for the Cardinals, they were led by Nolan Arenado. He would get himself a home run. I think he would bring in another, nope, nope, just, yeah, he would bring in an extra RBI outside of that. Uh, left fielder uh, Tyler O'Neill, also Lars uh, Newt Bar will also get home runs as well. And Paul, sorry, shortstop Paul DeJung uh, will get a RBI for the Cardinals as well. Pitcher Jack Flaherty will get the win uh, on the mound. He will, he. This is his ninth win on the year. Uh, he put in six six innings of work yesterday. Gave up two hits, no earned runs though. He would have five strikeouts as well. For the Royals, they just they have five hits, uh, but of course no runs. Uh, there were zero and five with runners in scoring position, and there were five runners left on base. Uh, for the A's. Uh, they are chasing. They are chasing down the Astros in the AL West. Uh, man, uh, it seems when they just get ahead of steam, they start just to come up short in some of these games. Uh, last night, uh, same thing. Uh, final score against the Rangers, six to eight. 
Uh, the A's are now 67 and 49. The Rangers are 41 and 75. Despite this, the A's just seem to struggle against this team this year. I don't know why. Uh, but for the A's, Matt Olson will get his 29th home run of the year. Right fielder Seth Brown will get two RBIs. Uh, third baseman Matt Chapman will, Chapman will bring in an RBI as well. On the mound, pitcher Cole Irvin will take the loss. He's 8-11 on the year. Uh, he gave up eight hits in this one. I think he was in there for about six innings, maybe five. Uh, he would give up three earned runs and also two strikeouts. For the uh, for the Rangers, they were led by D.H. Uh, Yoel uh, Pozo. He would have a three-run home run. Uh, center fielder D.J. Peter would have a two-run home run. He would also bring in an extra RBI. Uh, first, first baseman, Nathaniel Nathaniel Lowe will get an RBI. And on the mound, uh, pitcher Dennis Santana will get the win. He's currently 2-2 two and two on the year. And Joe Baller will get to save his first on the year. Moving on, we got some uh, National League matchups. Uh, we got the, t the the Cubs, excuse me, getting it done. Sorry, taking an L here against the Marlins, 10 to 14. Uh, we have the Dodgers. Uh, they get it done against the Do the Mets here. Uh, final score, five to two. Uh, for the Dodgers, they were led by catcher Will Smith. He would have, he would have a two-run home run, excuse me, also an RBI. Uh, second baseman Trey Turner and also third baseman Corey Singer would also bring it's Corey Seager, excuse me, would also bring in RBIs. And on the mound, pitcher Kenley Jensen would get his second win of the year. Uh, he's currently two and four uh, in terms of his record. For the Mets, they were led by second. Well, in terms of their offense, uh, they were able to get two RBIs from their second baseman, Jeff McNeil, and also uh, left fielder Dominic Smith, and also, uh, sorry, Jonathan, Jonathan Villar. Jonathan Villar were also were also able to get RBIs as well. Sorry, final score here with the Dodgers and the Mets, six to four. Uh, moving on, we have the Indians getting it done against the Tigers, seven to four. We have the Red Sox here getting it done against the Orioles, eight to one. We have the Reds getting the win against the Phillies here, six to one. We have the Astros getting another win here. They maintain that top spot in the AL West, four to one with a win. Uh, that was a win against the Angels. We had the Diamondbacks getting an upset win against the Padres. Uh, we had the, Gi the Giants again holding on to the best record in all of baseball, getting the dub against the Rockies here. The final score in that one was 5-4. to four. In this one, the Rockies were led by left fielder Connor Joe. He will get a two-run home run. First baseman C.J. Cron and also uh, pitcher Austin Gomber will get RBIs. Uh, but for the Giants, third baseman Wilmer Flores will get, will get a three-run home run. Uh, shortstop Thyro Estrada and also first baseman uh, Darren Ruff will get RBIs. And on the mound, pitcher Anthony Desclafani will get his 11th win of the year. He's currently at 11-5 in terms of his win and loss record. Uh, he had he went for five, five sorry five innings uh, yesterday actually last night to be exact he would give up five hits only two two earned runs he would have four strikeouts as well uh, Zach Little will get to save his second on the year uh, moving on we got the Blue Jays uh, they took an L here to the Mariners three to two was the final score uh, both teams sit at 62 wins uh, with the Mariners uh, they have 50 but the Mariners have 55 losses the Blue Jays they have 53 uh, for the Blue Jays. Uh, they were led by first baseman Lord S. Goriel. Uh, he would have a two. He would have two RBIs. Uh, he's currently sitting at 51 RBIs on the year. And for the Mariners, uh, they got a two-run home run from catcher Tom Murphy. Uh, also, center fielder Jared Kalinick will get an RBI as well. And on the mound, Drew Steckenrider will get the win. Uh, he's currently five and two on the year. Round everything out, uh, the Braves were able, were able to get it done against the Nationals four to two. 
All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for today. I'm going to be leaving my links uh, available for you guys so you guys can look me up. Uh, make sure you guys follow me on Instagram. Also, uh, if you haven't yet, uh, subscribe or at least check out uh, my YouTube channel, Never Out of Bounds, same name. I got some reviews. Of course, I got my pop, my political stuff up there. Of course, my worst Republican states, my worst Republican cities. We have reviews on there. Recently, I reviewed The Room, at least within the past month or so. Uh, I do have some more YouTube project, projects on the way. In terms of the podcast, my next episode, we will be going over the recall election of California Governor Gavin Newsom. Of course, we'll be going some more in-depth into the baseball world. We'll be having some rankings. We'll be having some more stats there as well and some scores. And, of course, we'll be revisiting the NFL. We are getting through the preseason uh, rather quickly. All right, y'all, this has been your man, L. Jamal. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out, one love, and I'll holla at you guys later.